Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 44, recorded April 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Grant. In today's episode, loss of one of our community members, the man taking safes out of closing banks, first pick of the ASA 5701, first pick of the Gold D, first pick of the Upness MMX, first look at the SC1 Smart Key, how to make a tensioner from music wire, a DD pick made out of an Abus padlock, Speedlocks Tournament of Champions announced, the changes to the Lockpickers United belt classifications, new products, lockpicking and locksmith criminals, sales, and giveaways. You can find the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can find the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find full show notes with links on thelocksportscast.com. A couple of quick announcements. During the change of hosting providers, the Podbean app failed to change over as expected, like I said before. the, also, I had an unexpected failure of Spotify to change over properly. However, I was able to work with them to get that fixed. Hopefully, these problems haven't caused too many problems on uh, your end. If it did, I apologize. The Spotify problem was partially my fault. I failed to anticipate a uh, change that would need to be made. Locknoob put out a video when he received his Locky Award trophy, and I would like to thank him for the shout-out and the kind words. I'm honored. Locknoob uh, exemplifies what this community is all about, and his videos are a big part of my discovery of Locksport and my early learning, so thank you, Locknoob. Having said that, I also have to say that I feel a bit guilty because Locknoob gave too much of the credit to me. I want to clarify that the hard work of setting up the web interface for nominations and voting was done by PandaFrog. Also, I've seen... A few people re- unsubscribed from the YouTube channel recently, and just, uh, I know this is a very, very supportive community, uh, and it's kind of goes against a lot of people's nature to do this, but I would like to ask that if you have a problem with something that I put out in the show, something I say or do, an error I made, uh, feel free to contact me. You can either do it publicly in the comments, or because I know there's a lot of pressure to stay positive in this community, you can do it via, uh, Direct message. If you want it to be anonymous, that's fine with me. Um, you can do it anonymous, anonymously via the contact page on uh, thelocksportscast.com. There's a form there you can fill out. I can't correct mistakes that I don't know about, and chances are, if it made it through the edit process, I didn't realize I made a mistake, so you can feel free to call me out on that, and I can correct it on the next episode. Also, I can't improve the show if I don't know what I'm doing that's turning people off. So feel free to leave a, uh, send me a message um, and I will take care of that if I can. If you want to rebut something that I've said on the show, you have a different opinion, you're welcome to submit a note, a video or audio recording. And if it is reasonable length, light, work and family safe, not political, except for things directly affecting Locksport, and not just drama, I'll share it on the show. And the same goes for any feedback. Keep it polite. Uh, and and uh, constructive, and I will uh, make sure to try and address it. First up in the news, we've got a story from ZDNet uh, called Travel Locks, The Ugly Truth. And 
it, the story makes a lot of good points and points out a lot of the problems that uh, a lot of us in Locksport have known about uh, travel locks. So the TSA approved travel locks is specifically what they're talking about. A few of his key points. They're only good at protecting your stuff against an honest person. The TSA obviously set them up to be master keyed so that they could open them for inspection. That weakens security some already. To make matters worse, he says, the company making these locks cut corners, so the locks themselves are vulnerable to a multitude of semi-skilled attacks. Also, some manufacturers offer keys for their locks, but there are only a limited number of differs, so you can spend a little bit and get keys to pretty much all of them in circulation. Yeah, and he says, the icing on the cake was that the TSA's own master keys escaped into the wild years ago, meaning that copies are everywhere. The, offer, the author then uh, offers a few suggestions on how to improve security of your bags while you're traveling. And I just wanted to point that out because it's one of the few security padlock related articles that I read recently that was actually decent. The next article I have comes from Tasmania. It says, meet the man taking old safes out of closing Tasmanian bank branches. Rudy Valentino is a locksmith safe technician. and he says banking is changing a lot little country banks are closing and main bank branches in cities are being redeveloped it's his job to take the unused safes out of the empty bank branches he says over the years when cash was huge banks had 10 safes lined up in a row but they didn't need that anymore we remove the safes which can weigh up two to three tons and the best part is he gets to keep them over two decades in business he has started to gather quite a collection of safes he also uh, works on restoring them while he's, uh, after he's collected them. The oldest safe he has is from 1854. It was in a business for probably 100 years before he uh, got the enjoyment of bringing it back to life, he says. He also has a double door safe from 1912. He says some of the early 1900 safes have been pulled apart and serviced, but they still work just as they did. After 20 years, Rudy is just as passionate about safes and locks as he ever has been. He says, it's a fantastic feeling opening them. Any type of device that is locked and supposed to keep you out has an element of surprise and excitement about it. I've opened a lot of safes and I still, just get, as, I still get just as excited as I did the first time. Some safes can take a day or two or even longer to open. The trick is to open the safe with as little damage as possible. And uh, if you happen to be in the area, you can head over and visit his shop where he has a lot of those safes out on display. Sometimes you can even catch him working on them actively if you go visit, he says. so. And this next one is just kind of a fun little story from The Advocate. They ran a set of stories about people being locked out, and this one was kind of a, a fun one. The gentleman telling the story says, Good friends of ours in Lafayette invited us to their vacation home in Maine one fall. After a pleasant round of golf late one afternoon, the ladies drove up to join us, exiting the car to enjoy the views. As we approached the car to drive home, we noticed something was wrong. Their dog, Millie, had jumped up on the armrest of the rental car and hit the door lock button, locking the car with the keys inside. As the sun set in the Maine backwoods, my Host trudged over to the clubhouse, but the chances of finding a locksmith anywhere nearby seemed remote. Then I came up with a revelation that if the dog could jump on the armrest and lock the car, 
she could very well do the same to unlock it. I fished a granola bar out of my golf bag and tried to entice the pup to undo the deed. Twice she jumped up, hitting the door lock button again, but not the unlock button. On the third attempt, she landed on the unlock button and saved the day. Millie earned my granola bar for her efforts, which was a small price to pay, as the backup plan was a five iron through the window. Not always the best plan on a rental car, but I suppose you gotta do what you gotta do. So anyway, good dog. I just thought that was a a fun story. In community news, uh, we'll start off with a little bit of a a downer here. Um, As many of you may have already heard, King Street Rob, one of the YouTube members of the Locksport community, has passed. Um, He passed on February 26, 2021, and we were just notified last week. Um, So I never had a lot of personal interaction with uh, King Street Rob a few times in the comments. Uh, I got a lot of pleasure out of the banter that him and uh, Murloc68 would have in the the comment section and Murloc replying to his comments and videos. And uh, so anyway, if you are interested, there are some videos made by uh, SC Lock and Key, Murloc68 and Chris Capoon um, about King Street Rob's passing. Also the live stream for SC Lock and Key that would have been shot earlier in the day before I recorded this was also dedicated to King Street Rob. Unfortunately, I missed that because I was sleeping after my night shift. So I will have to check that out later. So um, rest in peace, King Street Rob. On to better news. Artichoke2000 redid his Medical M4 first pick video, turning it into one of his very detailed explanations of how the the Medico system works, and in particular how the new M4 works. Uh, another great analysis and. Uh, Overall, great video by Artichoke2000. Artichoke also wanted to point out several new first picks. He says, Norlin, also known as Michael Gilchrist, he was the first to pick the ASA 5701, which is a, as Artichoke says, a weird and rare version of the ASA twin line. And if you remember episode or so ago, we had a story about uh, Lockpickers United video for uh, of Mao doing... Um, an overview of the lock and how rare it is and how it was hard to find. And maybe at some point I can get a little more information on that story. Anyway, you can check out Michael Gilchrist's video L117 Rare Asset Twin Exclusive 5700 Pick and Gut. Um, his description says this Asset Twin Exclusive is the 5701 from the Asset 5700 series and comes with their comes from their Baltic region. It has six standard key pins with six barrel spool driver pins and matched counter milling in the plug. In addition, it has five sliders with false gates that interact with a fairly unique sidebar. I believe this is the first time this lock has been picked on video. Also, Georgia Jim was the first to pick the Gold D9 in a short format Japanese dimple lock. And you can find that video uh, as Georgia Jim's video 147 entitled Gold D9 Picked and Gutted. Congratulations, Georgia Jim. And CK was the first to pick the Opnus MMX. It is 
as they describe, like a rekeyable Miwa U9 on steroids with 14 levers instead of 9 like in the regular Miwa U9. And you can find that on CK's video entitled Opness MMX Picked and Partially Gutted. And remember, links to all of these videos will be in the full show notes at theloxportscast.com. Unfortunately, YouTube really limits the, the length of show notes and how many links I can get in there. So I've had to strip most of this out of the YouTube description. But like I said earlier in the thing, uh, theloxportscast.com for full show notes with all of the links. Also, Ken Nixon put out a video about the uh, brand new Quickset SC1 Keyway Smart Key. And his video is entitled Quickset SC1 Schlag Smart Key. And the description is a first look at the just released Quickset SC1 Smart Key for the Schlag SC1 Keyway. He does a great job of pulling it apart, showing you all the little bits and pieces, how it's different from the original Smart Key which it is, so I recommend if you're at all interested, go check it out. A couple more videos that I found interesting this week. Uh, first one is from Michael Gilchrist. It's his episode L116, entitled How to Make a Tensioner for Lockpicking from Music Wire. The description reads, I get asked frequently about my vice and audio setup, but I also get asked about, my, about the tensioners I use in my video. So today I'll be covering how I make my tensioner I didn't do this sooner as the process always seems straightforward to me, but this might help someone along, so it's definitely time well spent. He says he primarily uses 0.078 inch diameter music wire for this. Some keyways may require thicker, but I probably would not go thinner. Anyway, good little demonstration of how to make a tensioner from music wire, the pitfalls, and the uh, precautionary things that he does to make sure that they don't fracture while he's making them. Also, Brummy Lockpicker made a beautiful DD pick out of the body of an Abus padlock in his video number 258, DIY homemade DD pick out of an Abus padlock. He's been making a lot of these DD picks lately, and this one is uh, just quite creative and really cool looking with the Abus logo on the kind of fat body of an Abus padlock. You should go check it out if you haven't already. And via Twitter, Cherelle shared a video by Bosnian Bill about the uh, new Swick pick. I think we covered the first video about that last week. Cherelle says, This is a great review, especially the second part where it goes into everything involved in the development and manufacturing process. It's a video by Bosnian Bill. His video 1874 review, Swick, finally arrives. His description reads, Video 1874 is actually a two-for-one. The first 10 minutes is the review, as you'd expect. The 20 minutes after details the changes the SWIC team experienced in turning their dream into reality. You'll be surprised how much risk Dave and James accepted to make the SWIC. I also wanted to document the overwhelming generosity of Christina Palmer, who worked for free with the SWIC team to improve the product. So I recommend you go watch that or find out what all was involved on the back end to get that product to light. Also, Starlock did a review this week of the Schwick he received, as in his video, Mail Call, 31 March 2020, Schwick arrived and initial impressions. 
His description says, I have one package this week and I'm going to give an initial impression of the Kickstart Kickstarter funded jackknife, the Schwick. The Kickstarter was begun by Dave Storm, who is part of Storm and Reed Limited. They have both a website and a YouTube channel under the name Picklocks. He does a good overview also of the Schwick and uh, his impressions of it and the quality. So I recommend you go watch that too if you are interested in that product at all. For new products this week, we'll start off with one I learned about from a tweet by Martin Newton. It says, production run, production run of Pocket Picks arrived today. My idea, born in lockdown and achieved with the help and design capabilities of my good mate and genius, John Fall. These are a limited run available from this Friday. And you can email him uh, to order one. Fish Picks did an excellent review of the product in his video 26, entitled Review of the Pocket Pick by Martin Newton and John Fall. The description to that video reads, The Pocket Pick is an innovative, constant companion tool designed to give the user access to a range of picking options in emergency situations and is brought to the Locksport community by two of the most respected figures in non-destructive entry methods. And Fishpix was lucky enough to be sent a review copy of the run and was able to give his impressions of it. It looks like the current pricing is £49.99 uh, in the UK, which includes the VAT, $75 in the US and €75 Euros in, U in Europe, and the prices include packaging and signed tracked shipping. Looks like a, a well-designed and well-made little pocket pick. Very different from the fold-out jackknife sets that we're all used to. So you should go check that one out. Also, Sparrows posted uh, a new mystery item. They say, what could it be? Purchase now for $39 or wait for it to be revealed on or before April 13th for $49. Shipping starts April 6th, 2021. Mystery item has some heft to it, and for that reason, shipping overseas is a flat rate of $39. I'm not sure what that was all about. It was, I'm not sure exactly when it was posted, but the first rumors I saw of it came April 1st, so never know what you're going to get if you order that, but it could be interesting. Now, on the idea of electronic uh, locks with uh, Wi-Fi access and uh, convenience features. I know I said that I've changed my mind and I have to some extent for people who would otherwise not take their security seriously at all and potentially leave doors unlocked so they could get in without a key, like that story I covered in that episode that I said that. However, I still do have serious concerns and this Sergeant Greenleaf uh, post I saw on Instagram does concern me quite a bit. So they said banks around the world face a wide array of challenges, shifting regulatory environments, ever-evolving threats, and the need to optimize security in the face of rapid-changing technology. The SNG Nexus IP Wi-Fi Safe lock makes it easy to meet those challenges by making remote oversight simple and secure, delivering the convenience of a centrally controlled internet protocol security system with no peripheral components or drilling required. And they highlight that it has the options for monitoring live lock status, managing user codes, programming lock settings, enable disable locks, establish different levels of access, 
create available access windows, receive exception reporting, and perform audits. So this is a Wi-Fi safe or vault lock. It's electronic keypad with Wi-Fi access for these other features. Their website does say that you cannot open the lock remotely with the feature set it has, but you can manage users remotely, which means you could just program it with a new user, a new access code for somebody who happens to be at the lock if there's more than one person involved, or if you happen to be standing right there. Anyway, I I don't know at all what their security protocols are in place on this or how much direct access you could get. It just makes me concerned. When you start embedding too many features in a, a lock that is intended evidently for use in banks and uh, high security applications, but you're going to make it Wi-Fi accessible. I do have some concerns. Uh, as we've learned, security is difficult. There are more and more exploits being found every day in older items. So what happens when this starts to age? Are there going to be exploits found? Is it going to be easily updatable to secure that? Or is, are people just going to have to buy a whole new lock? Concerns. You know where I stand on all that now. So we'll move on. And Room Picker put out a video entitled Speedlocks Tournament of Champions 2021 Announced. In that video, he goes over the basics of the Tournament of Champions for speedlocks.org. And I'll just go over the basic fact sheet they have posted on their website. It says, who can participate? Anyone can participate as long as they obtain the official Speedlocks 2021 tournament lock. Mods are able to participate as well as Rune will be in charge of the tournament and cannot enter this year's tournament. So he will be the arbiter, the judge, as you will, I guess. How to obtain a lock? Lock can be obtained by purchasing lock from the speed locks moderators. Prices are $35 uh, shipping included in the U.S. Canada, Australia, and Europe will be $45 U.S. per lock shipping included. Pre-orders will begin April 1st, 2021 and end April 30th. It says, when will the tournament start stop it says the tournament will start june 1st and end december 31st the tournament will be run in a bracket form and he has uh, an example table on the website that you can check out and it says who will be in charge rune of the speedlocks moderation team will be moderating and adjudicating the tournament the rules are only the speedlocks 2021 tournament lock can be used Lock picking must be single pin picking, not raked or zipped. Any tools used must be entered through the front of the lock face. Uh, audio enhancement devices will not be per permitted during the tournament. The key must be used before picking attempts to reset the pins. The time starts as soon as the pick enters the keyway. The keyway must be visible and not blocked. If a moderator can't see the pick enter the keyway, the speed pick request will be declined. Time stops as soon as the core stops moving, not when the shackle pops. Final time will be taken from the video proof. Best time submitted will be added to the site on the 28th of each month. Final time taken by the judge cannot be contested and will be the user's best time. 
lock must be gutted on camera. Once the core is removed, it needs to be shown to the camera in a way that the non-zero lift pins can be verified. Removal of springs, key pins, drivers must be accomplished in a way that makes it easy to verify from which chamber they came. All parts must be from the factory, including but not limited to springs, pin, and pins. Absolutely no replacement parts will be accepted in this tournament. Each section of the tournament will last one month. You will have till the 28th of each month to post your video results. There are several prize tiers which are unlocked as more people enter. He has a chart referencing, you know, how that works. And I'll leave that to you going to the website, which is linked in the show notes to find. We have a new black belt picker for our karate belt announcements. The announcement on Lock Pictures United read, Let's cheer on our newest black belt, attainee at Moki. He tore his way through six black belt locks, including the Asa Twin 6K with Jins, the Asa Twin Combi, the Dom IX Twin Star, the Eva 3KS, the Urban Alps Stealth Key, and the Zeiss Icon WSW. As far as we know, Moki uh, Mo is short for Mo K Detex. Um, I'm not even sure how you're supposed to say that, but that's the way I'm going to say it. And it says, as we know, Moki stands for quality as seen with the pouches he creates for us. The same goes for his black belt journey as he also performed two epic quests, impressioning and refined pick making. So in case you aren't all aware, to get a black belt on Lockpickers United, as you work your way up through the belts, this last step, you have to pick two black belt locks and create the two or do two epic quests. Yeah, there's a whole list of things that qualify as epic quests. But you can also bypass the epic quest by picking two more black belt locks per epic quest. So you can either pick six black belt locks, do no epic quests, four black belt locks and do one epic quest, or two black belt locks and do two epic quests. He did all of the above. He picked six black belt locks and uh, did the two epic quests. So well above and beyond the requirements, so very, very well done, Moki. We also have a new red belt. The uh, peace weapon was granted red belt this week on Lockbridge United Discord. Remember, this show needs your support. The only way I can keep the show going is with the support of the community. The most important thing you can possibly do for this podcast is sharing news. Locksport-related news, information, giveaways, anything you can come across that's Locksport-related that you think might be of value or interest to the community, send it my way. You can find all the information on how to contact me at locksportscast.com, or you can just email me at podcast at locksportscast.com. You can also share the podcast with others in the community. It's a great way to help grow the audience. And as the audience grows, there's more people send in information. So it's a double win. Um, if you do either one of those, you will get an entry into my giveaway every month for a pack lock custom engraved. You can, uh, the logo of the locksportscast.com is the basic padlock design that you will get. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube to help the algorithm, or you can subscribe or donate on Patreon or PayPal. Uh, patrons do get the episodes a little early, usually about a day. 
that's about all you get. You can also get a credit on the show, but you can get a credit on the show also by just sharing information. With that, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. You are all producers of this show, so the titles reflect that. We'll start with the founding executive producers from Patreon. They are Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave To Be Deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Bill N, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Raincoat, and Cherell, and they help keep the light on and pay the bills that run the back end of this show. Content produced for this episode was provided by myself and the content producers. The chief content producer was Cherell. He shared the most amount of uh, stories for this podcast. But also, other content producers that shared stories with us are Artichoke2000, Chris's Adventures in Lockpicking, HV Logic, Joshua Gonzalez, Panda Frog, Pocket Woman, Rune, SE Lock and Key, Southampton Lockpicking Club, and Starry Lock. So thanks to all of you. We have several changes in the Lockpickers United Karate Belt system. They publish those changes on their Discord every time they do it. So as of March 30th, 2021, they posted a post where they list several new additions, subtractions, and changes in the belt system. So the, to start off, the additions to the, to the belt list, they have the ABUS 45 laminated is classified as a white belt. The ABUS 7640 is a green belt. Canard pin and pin is a green belt with four pins and a blue belt with five pins. The Pistola 860 is a DD lock that is rated as blue. The Miwa DS is rated blue. The HQ High Security will be blue belt with four pins, purple with five pins. The Titan 250 will be purple. Yale 5000, purple. Bassey K10, brown belt. DAF Killit DBS02 is a purple lock. Matura Viper, also purple. Cavers Caveth will be brown belt. The Gerda Titan ZX is a brown belt. The Vachette Axie Tech is going to be red. The Fab NZS3A will also be red. The West Tech 917 is a level one black belt. The Clavis Q18 will be, uh, also be a level one black. Clavis F22 will be a level 2 black. The Goal Grand V is a black 3. The Bowley Door Lock, also a black 3. And the Bowley Padlock will be a black 4. Some locks were downgraded, which means they've moved down the belt ranking system because they found to be easier than expected. The Berg Wachner Bokia, Bokia went from green to orange. Quickset Smart Key Gen 3 down from brown to purple. The reason is once tension tool is in place, the triangular gates make this picking fairly straightforward. The fab dynamic went from red to brown uh, with potential for further downgrades in the future. The ASA guideline from brown to purple. The Therard Cobra, red to brown. The JPM 405, red to brown. Stealth key, from black two to black one. Icon WSW uh, with five sliders from black two to black one. 
Um, the note here says that they have different internals for interior versus exterior facing cylinders. So the internal five slider version is less difficult than the seven slider version and is quite a and isn't quite up to the level two specification. So that's why that particular version has been downgraded. Upgrades. These are locks that moved up the ranking system because they're harder than expect originally expected. We have the Scarlet or the Starlet yellow to orange. The Ace, Brass, and Laminated Padlocks went from orange to green. Abyss C83, also orange to green. DeGuard Interactive Clone with five pins from blue to purple. Quickset Smart Key Gens 1 and 2 also went from blue to purple. And the note says, now that all the gens of Smart Key are on the same belt, the universe is once again balanced. Medico Biaxial or M3 cam lock with four pins goes from blue to purple. It says not all the cam locks, Medico cam locks are the same. The original cam locks have smooth pins, whereas the newer ones have thick serrations. Those thick serrations are not trivial at all to pick and act as effective false gates. Even the four pin case is easily purple. The Westec 916, blue to purple. The Fab variant, red to black 2. That's uh, quite a jump. The Fichette Bausch MB, from red to black 2 also. There are a change to the high pin count locks. They say that high pin count locks can have widely varying numbers of pins in them, and so they're going to be ranked separately based on whether they're the lower pinned up versions or if they're more fully pinned up, um, because the difficulty changes a lot. So the Kaba 8 will be purple with nine or more pins, blue belt otherwise. The Bricard Chiffral. All versions will be brown belt with the max 15 pins, purple belt otherwise. The Kogki Loxis will be brown belt with 15 or more pins, purple otherwise. The Kaba Ace will be brown belt with 13 or more pins, purple otherwise. Kaba Gemini will be brown belt if it has 13 or more pins, and purple if less. The Queso and Lips, but not the Sergeant Queso, will be... Brown belt with 13 or more pins, purple otherwise. The Alpha FB is red belt if it has 15 or more pins, brown if less. The Clavis T20, red belt if 15 or more pins, brown otherwise. Vachette Radial NT is going to be red belt with 13 or more pins, brown if less. The Winkhouse Extra will be red with 13 or more pins, brown with less, Kaba Gemini S, red belt with 14 or more pins, brown otherwise, Showa NX, red belt with 13 or more, brown otherwise, BKS Janus, 20 pins max, oh, oh, that's a lot of pins, black one with 14 or more pins, red otherwise, gold V18, black with 14 or more pins, red otherwise, the Kaba 20 or Miwa JN, be black one with 15 or more pins, red if less. Kava star, black two with 21 or more pins, black one with 16 to 20 pins, and red otherwise. Kava quattro and expert T, black two with max pins, black one with 15 to 20 pins, and red otherwise. Kava penta is going to be black two with 21 or more pins, black one with 15 to 20 pins, and red otherwise. 
And very similarly, they've done splits on the some of the locks that can be mastered. So they've set mastering thresholds. Similar to high pin count locks, it says, many slider locks have mastered elements which have multiple true gates, often disabling any false gates that might be present. Due to the large impact that this has on difficulty, the below locks have been given felt thresholds for various numbers of mastered pins. The by lock is a brown belt with zero to two mastered elements and purple with three to four. The decimo will be a brown belt with no mastered elements and purple if it's one to three masters. The Miwa PS will be a red belt with seven unmastered elements, brown otherwise. The Bylock with 12 pins will be a black one with zero mastered elements, red with one to four mastered elements, and brown with five to eight. The Eva ICS, black two with zero mastered elements, black one with one to two mastered elements, and red with any more. Eva Dual, black two with zero mastered elements, Black 1 with 1 to 4 mastered elements and red belt otherwise. The Miwa PR with 11 unmastered elements will be a black 3. will be a black 2 if it has 9 to 10 unmastered elements. And a black 1 with 7 to 8 unmastered elements. Red belt otherwise. The Miwa U9 with false gates. Black 2 with 9 unmastered. Black 1 with 8 unmastered. And red belt otherwise. The Fache 450 and 484 with false gates will be black 1 with 0. Red belt with one to three, and brown with four to six mastered elements. And now after that long drawn out uh, reading, we'll move on to the uh, crazy locksmith story from American Key Supply for the week here. The story reads, the weirdest call was on Halloween night in Richmond, Virginia. I went on a call to let customer's boyfriend out of his apartment. According to his girlfriend, his landlord came by earlier in the day to replace a faulty double-cylinder deadbolt that was on the front door of a multi-unit building. After he installed a new lock, he knocked off all he knocked on all the residents' doors and left them a new key. This was all of them that were home. My customer was fast asleep and did not receive the new key, and his landlord left and locked the exit door behind him. Some hours later, when my customer woke up from his beauty sleep, he found himself locked in, so his girlfriend called me and says they were late for a Halloween party and could I come get him out. When I arrived, his girlfriend was dressed and looked just like Elvira, and there he stood on the inside of the door, dressed like Frankenstein, green makeup, flat top, and bolts on his neck. Front door had a large mail slot, So what I did was pass a Phillips screwdriver through the slot to him, and he says to me, what the frick do I, do you want me to do with this? I replied, those two little screws on the deadbolt, just unscrew them and you'll be out. Well, you can see the light bulb go off on his head. He says, you're not going to charge me for this, are you? Oh, yes, I said. But I have a box full of tools in my apartment, man. End of story. Uh... (laughs) That's a fun story. I have serious concerns about that landlord, though. He is installing a double cylinder deadbolt on the front door. Wouldn't that be in a multi-unit apartment building? Wouldn't that be some sort of fire hazard? Seriously. Fire code, guys. Also, he only gives the 
keys to the people that are actually home at the time he does it? What about the people that are at work or out getting groceries or whatever? They're now locked out. There's no notification. Hey, you know, we're going to be changing the locks on this day. Here's your new keys. The locks will change over on such and such day. Um, I don't know. I, I serious concerns about that landlord. To start off the criminal news this week, we're actually going to start with a locksmith criminal. This story is out of London, where police pulled over an Alex Guest driving a locksmith van in Redbridge as part of an intelligence-led operation targeting the supply of Class A drugs. Officers searched the van, which was driven by Guest, and found an elaborate hidden compartment. The compartment was concealed within a partition wall of the van and was operated by hydraulic arms behind the locksmith cutting equipment. Within the hide, officers found a bag containing more than 15 kilograms of cocaine. A number of mobile phones were also found inside the van, along with a set of electronic scales and a sophisticated communication device known as an EncroChat. Guest was arrested on suspicion with intent to supply Class A drugs, cocaine. Detectives carried out a search of his home and recovered more than 129,000 pounds in cash. Detective Constable Russell McIntyre from Specialist Crime said Guest was part of an organized network importing large amounts of cocaine into the UK almost routinely. Using his legitimate locksmith business as cover, he thought he could conceal his involvement by using an elaborate hide. He failed. This investigation is an example of a great teamwork which led us led to us taking a huge quantity of harmful Class A drugs off the streets of London. Drugs blight communities and ruin lives. We will continue to robustly target those responsible for bringing them into the capital. Guest was sentenced to 11 years and three months imprisonment at the Snaresbrook Crown Court on Tuesday, March 30th. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. Okay. The next story comes from the Bradford era, where it says two co-defendants had charges against them in McKean County Court. A third co-defendant had her hearing for the alleged role in the case postponed. Both of the co-defendants are charged with criminal trespass to enter a structure, a third-degree felony, criminal conspiracy and criminal trespass to break into a structure, a second-degree felony, possession of a small amount of marijuana for personal use and possession of drug paraphernalia, misdemeanors. One of them is charged with possession of an instrument of crime, a third-degree misdemeanor, or sorry, first degree misdemeanor, and both face summary charges. The criminal complaint alleges that on February 13th, Bradford Township Police found all three inside a vacant home on High Street after responding to a report of a suspicious U-Haul box truck. Marijuana and drug paraphernalia were found in the common areas of the home, and methamphetamine was also discovered in the search. A backpack belonging to one of the suspects contained lockpicking tools, too, the complaint stated they are in McKean County Jail in lieu of $50,000 bail. The last story comes from San Francisco, says one arrested as San Francisco police begin to increase burglary prevention efforts. San Francisco police have arrested one suspect amid a recent uptick in residential and commercial burglaries, according to the department. In the early morning hours of Tuesday, March 16th, officers reportedly witnessed an individual walking from a house to house 
entering yards, peering into entryways, and looking into stairwells. When officers detained and searched him, they found a loaded firearm in his backpack along with a saw, chisel, lockpick, knife, screwdrivers, and pepper spray. A records check later revealed he was already on active parole for carrying a loaded firearm. He was later booked in the San Francisco County Jail on a variety of charges, including felon in possession of a firearm, possession of burglary tools, carrying a concealed and loaded firearm, and parole violation. In sales this week, we have some of the same ones as before. 3DLocksport.com, 10% off with the code PACKLOCK10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. Also, the Black Friday specials page is still working. That link will be in the show notes. UK Lockpickers still has 10% off with the code GIF. In giveaways, we have HV Logic with his 250 sub giveaway. You can find all the rules and details in his video entitled 250 Subscriber Giveaway, hashtag HV Logic 250. Room Picker is still doing his usual of picking a challenge lock on Saturday and giving away the lock he picked the previous Saturday. So you can check out his channel. Panfrog has his April video up, his English 164 lock picking giveaway rules, April locky awards and logo lock from Charles Buildscrap. Yes, he shows off the award he got from me. Um, and also the logo lock I gave him for helping out with the uh, lucky awards website. Thank you very much for that, Panda Frog. I, I do owe you <laughs> a lot more than a lock, but that's what I have. Anyway, he if you're not aware, Panda Frog is giving away one of his challenge coins and some locks every month in giveaways. So if you are interested, he has the video up for the April rules. And April is one of the months where you can also do a mail-in entry if you don't have a YouTube channel. So go check out his video. This is the English 164 video. The basics are this month you need to tell at least one or more dad jokes. Bonus points if they're lock related and uh, an extra bonus if you uh, are the what he picks to be the funniest. So go check out his channel if you're at all interested in that. Those challenge coins look really amazing. Also CLK Supplies is doing their hashtag lockboss giveaways so go check them out if you're into this giveaway thing. And Starlock and Pocket Woman do their Shout Out Monday series every week where they share channels that have fewer than 100 subscribers and they try to incentivize everyone to get over there and check them out and leave comments by doing a giveaway for a 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate by, from Starlock. Um, it's a really good deal for the community trying to get some exposure for all the new lock picking channels that come around. So be sure to go check those out. Check, just do a search for the hashtag Shout Out Monday. Uh, I am still doing the Packlock Month giveaway here on the Lock Sportscast. The way you enter is really simple. You share information or that I can use in the podcast or you share the podcast online and tag me so that I know you did it. And I'll make sure that you get entered into that every month. I should be doing the drawing here pretty soon for last month. And uh, good luck to everyone that entered. I think I had over 100 valid entries for that one. So good luck to all of you. Remember, this podcast needs your support. So uh, anything you can do to help out is much appreciated. Send in your information, anything that's Locksport related that you think the community might find interesting or important. Send it to me at thelocksportscast.com. There's a contact tab, all the different ways you can reach me. 
Thank you for all of your support. I really, really appreciate it. And for all the support that uh, you gave me on the Lockie Awards. And remember, keep it legal. Legal.